Tenkop. The only common denominator is authenticity and living in your meaningful purpose. Come and read our new ebook, plus see our discovery store and what wonderful tools we have for you. Do enjoy our shows and don't forget to share. Hi everybody and welcome to For the Love of Music. My name is Nathan Aswell. I'm based in Vancouver, Canada. Actually a little south of there, but who cares? And it is my great pleasure to introduce you to the fourth official show, Sarah Troy, the, uh, the mastermind behind Self-Discovery Radio, decided uh, to start this adventure at the beginning of January. This is our fourth show. I was the first guest. Second guest on January 10th was Holly Arnson, were Holly Arnson and uh, Kevin, oh, I'm blanking on Kevin's last right. name. I'm sorry, Kevin. Kevin, I was going to say it right, but I wasn't sure. Good man. Uh, you know that. I'm here to hell. I got your back, man. Holly Arnson and Kevin Wright were my guests on January 10th. Nicole Edwards was my guest, uh, will be my guest uh, on January 17th. We are a little bit ahead of the ball here. Jan uh, Nicole Edwards will be my guest on January 17th. And today, uh, my guests are the incredibly talented and very photogenic, might I add, in any lighting, in any weather, anywhere, Andrew Menard, originally from Flin Flon, Manitoba. Flin Flon, everyone in Flin Flon, stand up and take a bow. <laughs> and uh, Robert Walsh, originally from, uh, from Montreal, and to those in the know, Hudson, Quebec. A very warm welcome to the both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan, for having us. My great pleasure. So let me read a little bit about these two mega-talented folks. And there's so much to say, I can't even read it all. So I'm going to read excerpts of it, and I'm going to put all of this on the For the Love of Music uh, website for all of you who would like to... Uh, web page, I should say, for all of you who would like to read the whole thing. Uh, Andrea Menard is an acclaimed Métis singer-songwriter and actress who has created lifelong fans with her powerful voice, her songs, and her message of hope. The Vancouver-based Menard has performed for royalty, prime ministers, and even sang her song, Peace, to the world's NATO generals. This author and cultural leader also stars in several hit Canadian TV series, including Blackstone, The Switch, and Hard Rock Medical. Originally from Montreal, Robert Walsh is one of Canada's top guitarists and is an accomplished producer, teacher, and author, who has been described as a true musician's musician. His talents are widely recognized by greats like Petula Clark, the Pointer Sisters, and Ricky Byers Beckwith, who handpicked Robert out of the crowd to improvise a musical duet with her on stage. He has released four solo albums, one book of theory, and will be releasing his fifth album and a songwriting book this year. Andrea and Robert are one of those dynamic songwriting duos whose creativity only gets stronger the more music they write. With over 100 songs written together and many industry awards and nominations to their credit, this prolific songwriting team has had songs placed in many film and television shows, including Canadian Idol and Queer as Folk. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the indisputably, fantastically wonderful Andrew Menard and Robert Walsh. Hi, 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 hi. hi. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. Cue the applause. <laughs> yeah, well, geez, it's like, you know, I had to, it's, I, as I said to you before we started, I, I, I want to I bound your biographies and, and release a book. I mean, there's so much I can, there's so much I can say about you guys. It's, uh, it's incredible. I feel like I could do like a 10-part series on each of you. So We apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of it. Okay, so, geez, where do we start? Um, well, let's start, let's, let's glue people in to those, uh, to those few people on the planet who may not know who you are yet. There's We're, a few. Yeah, we have, but we have a lot to say about the both of you. But let's talk a little bit about uh, about how you met. Let's start there. How did you meet? Because I know we'll be going backward and forward from that moment, but let's start there. <laughs> well, Robert, you um, go? <laughs> I was acting with his beautiful wife, Rhonda Trod, in a play written by Connie Calder. Wow, right. Yeah, in and, the middle of Saskatchewan. And that was when? 97. Right, because because I was there in '96. I did the show the year before. Andrew was there, mm -hmm. and then I stayed in Edmonton the year after. My wife went back and did it. That's where you guys met. Mm -hmm. And then once that run was over, and that was '96 when we moved out west, so it had to be '97. It's been a while. That's yeah. 20 years. It's, it's a shocking amount of time. Yeah, yeah. And okay. then Andrea came out after the run. She'd gotten a grant for uh, to write a play. 
a, a musical, which is great, but she bought a car, <laughs> she bought a computer. Yeah, and, so, <laughs> okay. and she said, hey, you want to help me write a musical? So we got together and in our, what became typical after that writing style, mm-hmm. went nuts for about, what, five, six days or something like that, so, writing, like, I don't know, God knows how many songs, a lot. And from that came uh, Velvet Devil. Hmm. Which yeah. Was the first. Now, what I want to know is, Andrea, before this happened with Robert, had you written songs on your own? A few, yeah. Okay. Um, I had a, another writing partner who's now passed. Okay. Um, but I was not very prolific at all. I didn't, I'm not, I'm not musically trained. I didn't have that, um, I didn't think I had a skill set. Hmm. Um, and so when I'd worked with one other person, and but when Robert and I came together, it was effortless. There was some magical brother sisterhood sibling thing that we call each other soul siblings so it's like well I, we were meant to write together I, I didn't realize that how effortless it was for us was very rare right mm. i hadn't realized that yeah but before you met robert was there any desire to write songs like you know you were obviously expressive you were you were an actress you were you know you were expressing your creativity but was there any inkling of gee i'd like to do this with music and he came into my life at the beginning of my career in many ways, where mm. I, was, I was not one of those people who knew that the arts were a viable field for me. I, was a, I like to say I was a Métis girl from the bush. I didn't know anything about the arts. Mm. I didn't know. Um, I didn't have training. I went to university to become a drama teacher, but in the meantime, discovered drama and this whole other world of the arts and theater that I didn't know about. Right. So, I mean, he came into my life at this time where... The Velvet Devil was my first project, and that was the project that we worked together, our first one. But that was the one that I was the first project I wrote, the first one that was a play that had music that turned into a, mu- a musical, a, a radio piece, a film, and an album. Like it just, it was the one thing that taught me how to do it all. Like mm-hmm. I had to systematically learn each, each um, genre. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so okay. he came to the beginning. So meanwhile, so Robert, how old were you when this happened? When when you connected? Thirty uh, eight ish, something yeah. like that. Okay. Yep. So now, like me, you've been a you've been a musician all along, and much to our our mutual yep. surprise and and uh, <laughs> confusion, we both indignation. We yeah. were both in the same music school at one point, and oh, yeah. didn't even realize yes. it. So that? so I'll let you say you'd been a you'd been a professional musician for about twenty years or twenty years and change by the time you met Andrea. Yeah. Right. You started out in Montreal, moved to Toronto, and then we're doing this uh, this play that ended up happening in the Prairie. So so yep. tell us a little bit about that twenty year period. Oh, a little bit. Tell us about that. I mean before I got yeah. before the meeting of Andrea. Yes, part? The, the dark phase, <laughs> the pre-Andrea years. Yes. I'll, I'll try and make this brief, Nathan. Um, there was a couple of bands in Montreal that I was a part of that were kind of like, uh, at the time, um, kind of seminal bands in a way. I was in the top show band called Johnny Jet Black and the Comeback, and we well, were a yeah. 50s band. And I well remember and, them. Yep. Yeah, so we did, uh, uh, I remember one night we were playing at the airport Hilton, mm-hmm. power went out, and in the audience was uh, Guy Cloutier and Guy Lafleur, who were drinking wow. together. Cloutier went on to be, well, was the biggest manager until he went to jail for stuff we won't go into. But anyway, um, so he saw us, uh, the electricity went out, and we did a whole bunch of numbers a cappella. All that kind of stuff, right? (laughs) So he said, these guys would be great for my next uh, project with Rene Samard. If you remember, if you're of our age, you may remember Rene Samard. So he's still a household name in Quebec. So we went on tour with him. And played the forum and did all these great things, and I learned a ton. Uh, but after that, that kind of didn't go where I wanted it to go. So I, I had an offer from a new wave band, and became a new wave crusader for about uh, five, six years or something. And we toured incessantly and uh, had re- record offers and stuff like that. But as soon as, typically, as soon as the band's about to hit that stride, everything falls apart, stuff. And that's what brought me to Toronto. Um, so most of my life was around 28. I moved to Toronto and um, set up shop there. But I, I was a little burned out with the music industry. Mm-hmm. Became a, I won't go into it, but became a hospital security expert hmm. for, for eight years of my life and stuff. And But during that time, I uh, put together a rock, country rock thing with my wife, mm-hmm. Rhonda Trott, and we got signed to a Nashville deal. Right. And so we never stopped doing music. 
uh, and learned a lot. But uh, I kind of was done with Toronto too. And when we had the opportunity to move out west, because Rhonda was doing a play that was written about her life when she used to sing with the Supremes or with Mary Wilson of the Supremes. Right. So she was kind of a Supreme. Um, so we came out west, workshopped the show, looked around, said, "Wow, this would be a great place to set up shop." Um, have a family, be artists full time again, oh. and so that's that's how that happened. And from there, uh, like moving out west, led to the play that Rhonda did with Andrea and, and us all meeting. And that's basically the twenty years <laughs> in the glance. But isn't that something to hear people talking about going from you know two of the the three major cities in Canada? And ending up in the prairies, <laughs> you know, the stream is always going the other way. People going from small towns into the yeah. into the bigger places. So. Well, I don't know about you, Nathan. But growing up in Montreal, did you remember hearing about Alberta or about Edmonton? I, I know I did. No, like, never. Really, eh? Cause never. I remember hearing like that there was a great music scene in Edmonton, like Tommy mm. Banks and all this kind of stuff, right? Mm. And um, so I, it was always in the back of my mind that yeah, Edmonton people don't realize, but it's kind of a a jewel in the rough out there, and and. Uh, so it, it has been a fantastic place to, mm -hmm. to make music. And so I've had a chance to do, like, you know, it's so many things here that you probably wouldn't get to do in a larger center, you know. Right. And I, I've never lived in Edmonton, but I've been there several times, and I, I very much got that sense every time I was there. Is that, yeah, it's like, even in the middle of winter, it was amazing. I would go there in the middle of winter, and the spirit of the people was just undeniable. I thought, wow, there's just a real beauty in it. And, open-heartedness and charm and, and I thought what's wrong with these people they're freezing most of the year but anyway it was just wonderful to, to experience yeah. that spirit so so good on you for answering that call and, and you know to be somewhere where you can thrive well that was it right and it was either go back to Montreal but my wife isn't bilingual and we right. just I was curious to try something else anyway and and we followed our hearts out here and yeah. it's been a good call excellent okay Andrea the the voyage from Flin Flon to Vancouver. Oh, for heaven's sake. Oh, for heaven's sake, indeed. Well, I moved around a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, I like to say it's my typical nomadic Métis father. <laughs> no, but we moved around a lot. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but they were all in the northern prairie provinces. And music and theater and acting was not a part of my life. It was just something my, my father did at home and at parties, and he was very talented at. Mm -hmm. Um. And I, when I went to university is when my whole world opened up. And that's when I listened to the call of my heart. And I started being haunted by this character, the Velvet Devil. And, and I started a band with, like I said, the woman who's now passed, Angie Tislin. Mm. And I, I, I basically was like a wide-eyed schoolgirl learning all about these industries all at once. So I started a band with Angie called Heratitude, with apostrophe, Heratitude. <laughs> which we loved. <laughs> and um, we got a lot of exposure and movement. It was a jazzy, bluesy, kind of sassy duo. And we had got a lot of exposure around Saskatchewan that sort of helped open doors for learning the industry. And then I was also in university taking drama and learning film and or le le learning theater. And I did my first film. And, and all these things started opening up. And um, the Velvet Devil, like I said briefly in the beginning, was... I call her my emancipator. She's a character that I created, but in many ways, I think she created me. <laughs> mm. She was um, a 1940s glamorous singing diva, but she was ultimately a little Métis girl from the small town of Batoche who ran away from her, um, her community and her mother to go be a star on the big stage, and she turned her back on her people. So in many ways, it was a cultural coming out um, it was a me embracing the the singer, the the jazz, um, the acting, and the writing all together at once. You know, and I'd never done that before, and I and I didn't know how I was going to do it. But you know, it's like she or the grandmothers or my spirit brought all of the missing elements together, and Robert Walsh was a big part of that. A big part of him coming into my life. We had no idea. The journey we were to have together. We've had quite a journey. We've had quite a journey. <laughs> and so The Velvet yeah. Devil um, became, an, so first of all, it became the play, mm -hmm. and then it became an album, and then it became a radio play, as I said, and then it became a made-for-television movie that I co-wrote and starred in as well. So it was a, a journey, this 10-year journey of learning who I was in this industry and how 
And in a way, she this this project that I so wanted to see fulfilled, it pushed me into areas that I didn't know anything about, that I was frightened to approach. But it just made me because I cared about this character so much. I I, I am now firmly established in the in the community of arts and the indigenous art scene across um, Canada and internationally. And I'm, yeah, and I have Robert Walsh to thank, you know, because musically I'm a singer and I'm a songwriter and I have melodies, but I'm not, I'm not a player. Mm -hmm. So I've always, I've always needed someone to help bring that music of my soul out. And there's been nobody like Robert. There's no one who is able to do that quite like him. Mm And we're very comfortable with each other. So, I mean, we have four albums now. So uh, when I talk about The Velvet Devil, that was my first concept and my first album. And when I look back over the years, every album has had a similar concept. I'm not just someone who pumps out the albums to tour, you know. I'm definitely much more bigger. um, I'm a bigger... uh, Concept. Artist, yeah. Yeah. I'm an artist that has to satisfy several things at once <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. the actor the writer and the singer and mm-hmm. and so and the storyteller I guess you could say so um, my second album Robert and I came together and it was the music of my the music of my sort of honoring the music I grew up with as a Métis woman and then the next one was a Christmas album winter songs album and this latest one, Lift, was a positive music with a po- uh, music with a positive message album. But they were all concept albums first that I went mm-hmm. over with. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've danced around the, we've danced around the music long enough. I think let's actually let's actually talk about the song. So as has become the custom with the show, there uh, for people who are on the website, uh, the MP3s of the songs we're going to talk about are right underneath the interview. So the first song we're going to talk about today is "Sing a New Song." Robert, what would you like to say about singing a new song? Wow. Um, it's just interesting. I, I may not be ready to talk about that because I'm, I'm thinking of the journey that Andrew just described across oh. four albums and oh. stuff. And, and I'm realizing, that I think part of our story that is worth telling as yeah. well, that uh, led us to write such a positive album, was that we went through a lot of our own dark stuff. Uh, through each other, we mm-hmm. helped each other through it in a way that we couldn't sort of we didn't understand until we went through it. You know, mm-hmm. um, Andrew talked about learning the aspects of the business and all the stuff that was involved with Velvet Devil. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a bit of a falling out during that period mm-hmm. because we couldn't come together on the parts where we were both blind, right. and we had a hard time finding our way through. Sort of, okay, we've written this stuff, we love it, and. Then we had this big sort of disagreement around it. We couldn't find a way back together. And uh, and now a couple of years are going by, and I'm hearing things like, hey, Velvet Devil's on the radio, and it's up at the Globe Theater and stuff like this. I'm going, you know, I'm so tired of not having happiness around this, you know, of not celebrating this, you know. And I think, I know that Andrea as well had tried in her own way to reach out and I, was, I wasn't having any of it and probably vice versa, you know. But finally the time was... Came to when we just, I just said I've had enough of this, and I reached out to Andrea and said, "Look, do you want to just talk this out?" <laughs> you know, and uh, we got together, and it was like within 15 minutes, we just looked at each other and remembered who each other was, and it all melted away. And we spent the evening just working through it, and it was a beautiful um, sort of process in a way. Uh, didn't always feel that way, but when we worked through it, it was absolutely one of the a, a pivotal thing I think in our relationship mm-hmm. and in the music that we make and in our lives as well like what a beautiful thing to learn about forgiveness and and overcoming what these silly blocks mm-hmm. through actually communicating with love with each other and dealing with the hard stuff you know yeah. and since then I think it's led to a very open uh, uh, approach to writing music together and, and a facility that we may not have other had otherwise had in the upcoming albums the, mm-hmm. uh, to me the, the really interesting thing about that too was that no sooner did we have this coming together and figuring things out and, and patching up and love and stuff, then a, what was that, two weeks later or something, that the second album a, appeared as a project on the horizon that the Gabriel Dumont Institute said, hey, Andrea, you want to do an album about your roots? And it gave us a cause to get together again. And it was a beautiful healing journey. And I hadn't written anything since the 
since yeah. you so it was interesting that the timing is like I was waiting. <laughs> yeah, I know. I no, know. I didn't know, but I would uh, but I was waiting for you. Yep. Yeah. So how perfect then that the first song that we'll talk about is Let's Sing a New Song. That's great. That's right. Yeah. Beautiful. Which was written at his kitchen table. Huh. Okay, <laughs> so for those who haven't heard it, just tell us a little bit about the song and what the impetus was for that particular song. What maybe, And now I'm thinking maybe part of it was what had happened between the two of you. Well, I think that, that the only reason, that's why I had to say that, is yeah. I think that is, is part of the journey, an essential piece that led us to be able to write a song like this. So for me, this song um, was a direct offshoot of Andrea's inspiration around Music Messenger, mm-hmm. uh, about taking responsibility for the music we write, for the words that come out of our mouths, um, for, for trying to raise a vibration uh, with our efforts. Uh, it's time, uh, it's a kind of a theme that you'll see later with my song too, that this idea that we're entering a new phase, mm-hmm. that it's time, to, it's time to do these kind of things. It's time to raise up the vibration, sing a song we haven't been singing, mm-hmm. and offer that to the world. Wonderful. Which is something hopeful. Yeah. And if you remember, Robert, I had been reading or something, and and I came down to breakfast the next day, and I said, oh, I have a song, I have a song, I have an idea for a song. And it was, um, this was before we had the term music messenger. This was just, mm-hmm. I had called Robert up saying, I had been through a massive change, saying, I really need to create an album that makes me feel good. I was running away from music, from mm-hmm. every place that was you know playing music at me going through a mall walking down the street in a taxi cab I couldn't hear music that um, was of a lower vibration because I could it's like I could hear the origins of it I could hear that it the disconnection the pain the loss the emptiness that the writer was feeling and I thought oh my gosh I don't think this is where we're you know I don't want to do this so I needed it I needed a song that made me feel good and so of course I go to Robert and say let's create an album like this but I was at his house when this song there was a piece that was in resonant to a direct statement that an elder had said and it was every species on the planet sings a song of life to their offspring and I and it's like I heard you know, nature's call as that the wind sings its song of life, the the bear sings its song of life, the hummingbird sings its song of life, the humans sing their song of life, question mark? <laughs> I went, is this what we sing about? And so all of a sudden I went, Robert, what is our song of life? Even if no one were to love these songs, even if no one heard these songs, we're adding to the beauty we're remembering that we have a responsibility to our offspring we are so it's like this whole permission to sing what we wanted to you know to sing and play what we wanted to play for the larger world for the offspring coming and this that was the inspiration for this and of course we didn't realize it at the time but this song became uh, an anthem for the music messenger movement, for the positive, you know, music movement, I guess you could say. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that for a second, for people who don't know about the music messenger movement. What is that? What's your desire? There. Well, it's, uh, like I said... You both talked about it a little bit. I just want to kind yeah, of like, let's yeah. just put it right front and center for a second. Sure. Well, to me, the music messenger was just a term I came up with, and you know, after trying to go, well, what am I? Who are we? What, are, what is this? There's, there's got to be something we can call ourselves. People who, there's a certain musician who is being called to sing of a positive nature, to not bring the messages of, uh, no more despair to the masses. So they want to be responsible and be accountable to the words that they speak, and just as Robert said. And so to me, I needed a name, and the music messenger became that name because I didn't know how to describe us until someone like you, Nathan Aswell, introduced me to a whole community of people down in the States who were creating positive music. And, of course, I had never even come across that term. I hadn't thought of that term. Had I Googled that term... I would have found you, but I didn't think of it because I, I didn't know what I was creating. I was still very green to what 
what um, I needed to say. I just knew that there was a change on the horizon and that, and that it was for the bigger audience. So I would like at this point to acknowledge you for being, um, uh, for the part that you played in me saying yes to being the host of this show. Mm. Because when Sarah asked me to do this, one of the thoughts that came into my mind was, wow, this is a way that I can help to build the Music Messenger tribe. Mm. You know, the, the organization that you referred to, uh, Empower Music, to, actually there are two in the States, Empower Music and the Positive Music Association, are prim primarily American artists. and. I love those people to bits. I call them my tribe. I consider them my tribe. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, let's celebrate what's going on north of the border. Who are we? Where are we? And yeah. I, know that, I know that that's something that's important to you. And, I, and when this uh, came my way, I thought, okay, so this is the way I'm going to find out who they are and where they are. So that's All what right. I'm doing week by week. So, so thanks for the part you played in me saying yes to this whole Thank experience. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's Sing a New Song. <clears throat> I love my life, Robert. What do you <laughs> well, want to say about that? The fun thing about working with Andrea is that usually, well, every time it's been concept driven, like Andrea was saying before. Mm -hmm. So this was all written in the context of we hadn't coined, or Andrea, it was Andrea's term, music messenger that hadn't been coined yet. Yeah. But we knew what the direction was, right. and um, so this song just. Uh, was part of that feel-good direction. What I love about it is it's brazen, in-your-face, no apologies at all, up, <laughs> just total nerdiness. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's brazenly nerdy, and I, I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I love some notions that come up in the song, the idea that it's not what you expected, it's better than that. Mm. Life my life I love my life yeah. and to be able to say I love my life is a wonderful thing and and so few people do mm -hmm. <clears throat> and we always see such strong reactions to this song mm -hmm. well you've played it with us a bunch of times today. I have it's I find it interesting just to look out there and, and see uh, how positively it really truly affects people's vibration whatever you look out there you can see a change has been made and it always gets a great reaction for that reason I think but yeah. uh, I think this came from I mean, you should say where this came from. This is a concept you had. You wanted to write a song about loving your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, because a lot of the times, right, we don't. You yeah. know, lots of moments where we have doubt and we're, we're full of fear. And, and it's like, okay, a lot of those fearful songs have been written. Hmm. How about the opposite? How about the opposite? And, and I knew that it was, it, it was... <laughs> Um, I wanted it to be nerdy, and as soon as our musicians wanted to, to take it more sophisticated, hey Robert, I'd go, no, bring it back, nerd. <laughs> yeah, she was totally, res totally resisting. It has a natural tendency to want to become a reggae song, right? Just because yeah, of the way the groove, the groove is structured. Yeah. yeah. But it was really fun for me. I got to say, it was one of the neatest challenges for me as a producer, like going, okay, what can we do that where the bass doesn't take over, right? right. Yeah. Where we need some low end, where it, but the bass was what was going to push it into the, the reggae zone. And right. we, it, later on the song, we allow it in, but yeah. it's already, this other thing has been built up already. So Heard. it was fun. So we, I had a guy in playing bass clarinet and... Yeah. Um, uh, tuba. T yeah, tuba. <laughs> anyway, so we, we found all sorts of other fun ways around it. Um, oh, bassoon was the other one on that song, and clarinets and stuff. So... Uh, that gives it part of its nerdy tone as well. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. it was a fun song. Yeah, well, what I love about the song is, <clears throat> you know, as you've both been saying, that the, the joy, the exuberance of it, just jumps out of the track, <laughs> and it completely translates life. Like I have played that song, accompanying uh, Andrea, just myself, Robert. Mm -hmm. when, you know, those times when you can't come to town, and it always works. It, it, you know. And I've, I remember saying that a long time ago, you know, to me, a good song works with a voice and a washboard. I mean, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And that, that's a perfect example. And every single time, and, you know, a big part of that, of course, is Andrea and the energy that she brings to the song. But, yeah, I completely agree. It always lights up everybody in the room. And, and uh, what I, one of the things I really love about the song is uh, when you listen to the track and whatever, like, you know, there's just this kind of, you can tell you're smiling. It, I see yeah. you smiling the whole way through, Andrea. And then there are the times in the track where you actually laugh. I know. <laughs> you know, which is, which is wonderful. And then that reminds me of a time where we were rehearsing for, for uh, uh, 
you know, one of our recent events. And uh, I should say to everybody that Andrea is actually now physically in Vancouver. Robert is in Edmonton. So, you know, we don't have the luxury of being together as often as we'd like. So things, we tend to clump events together. And I'm not always involved. It's still, it's still mostly you guys, although... You know, oh, I'm, you're I'm, becoming part of the. I'm yeah, sneaking really... my way into the lineup as much as I as much <laughs> as I possibly can, but yeah, I'm just remembering this time where we were. That's that's right. We had a rehearsal for the event that we did in uh, in November, the big uh, event that happened at the Vogue Theater, and uh, your voice. You were having some issues with your voice, so you couldn't really sing out. And I remember Sean, the drummer, and I talking afterwards about how. Gee, you know, it's just not the same without Andrea singing. Like, there's so much energy that you bring. You know, both, both, uh, you know, just your heart just really shines through when you sing. So, anyway, so I've experienced, I, I, I love my life with that and without that. And, and it's much better with. <laughs> well, and one so. thing to also mention about the song is, is that I always say that I hope that this melody and these words get stuck in your head because mm. what a nice thing to say to yourself all day right i yeah. love life yeah. yeah yeah and earworm as they say yeah the best yeah. kind of earworm to have something that just you can't get it out of your head and it's it's a positive message that's reinforced yeah absolutely yeah. beautifully so yeah there's uh there's a lot we could say about all four of those cds i would highly recommend everybody go out and buy uh, copious quantities of all four uh you can find out more uh, before we we uh take the conversation in another direction and talk about uh, these two titans individually let me just uh, say that you can find out about uh i, I guess all the links to all four of the cds are, are on your site right andrew that would be the yeah. place because robert i don't know if you have them on your site or if it's i have a link up from my site yeah oh you do okay yeah but go to andrew's site you'll find everything there okay yeah. So, but let's just, I'll just take a minute and say that the, the site's in question, Andrea's, is andreamenard.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-M-E-N-A-R-D.com. And Robert's site is robertwalsh.ca. Da-da-da-da-da-da! Mr. Nice. Canada. <laughs> well done. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I realized, you know, when we were trying to pick songs for this, it's like, gee, which of my fingers would you like to cut off? I mean, I know we, we need and want to talk about all of them. So that's why I really want everybody to to go to the site and, and uh, go to the sites and, and listen to as many as they can. And, yeah, as I said, buy them. So now let's talk about let's talk about the two of you individually. And, you know, I realize it's impossible kind of for you to do that without talking about each other. But, you know, let's see what happens. <laughs> as, as I was saying before, before we went on air, you know, I, I feel like you guys are this big, this big lovely goo of silly putty, and, and when I try to pull, when I try to pull it apart to kind of get a little bit more of each of you, like it kind of snaps back into the into the one big pile of goo. So that's probably what's going to happen here. Well, let's see. <laughs> Snap. Yeah. Can you can you tell I'm a professional radio host? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Robert, um, yes, I mean, the, I I love as I was saying before we went on the air. I love at the top of your site you just very clearly say musician, speaker, author, educator. I mean, it's so clearly defined. I love that. And you know, so obviously we've been speaking about your identity as a musician and as a songwriter. Tell us more about you as a speaker and an author and an educator. Uh, well, the author part, I'm into my second book right now. Hopefully, that'll be out uh, sometime 2017. Mm -hmm. And it's a book on songwriting. Mm -hmm. um, first book was on theory, uh, really meant for anybody, especially especially people who aren't trained in music, to have access to stuff they may want to find out about. Mm -hmm. um, especially, I know a lot of musicians, I'm sure you do too, who are, who are you know, can really play well and have a certain body of knowledge and stuff, but then there's missing pieces. What's a half diminished chord? And they're afraid to ask, you know. So hopefully it's a place to go for those kind of things. And it's also a place to go for anybody who wants to just start out and learn music. So it's called Bob's Book of Music Theory, uh, available on Amazon. Uh, but the one I'm writing right now, um, I'm really having fun with. It's about songwriting. It's it's. I've been teaching songwriting at the university level here at McEwen University for this is my eighth year, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of distilling a lot of that into a book that the course can use. Mm -hmm. And also, once again, my goal is that anyone can pick up this book and, and use it. So, uh, so that's just about done. I'm in sort of in the editing phase right now. Um, but beyond that, I'm feeling called to write stuff other than just about music. Mm -hmm. uh, and So speaking would also involve, you know, I've done lots of workshops and, and um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 
yeah, uh, workshops and speaking gigs to do with music, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to branch out beyond that. I love the music messenger thing that we did together in Vancouver, talking about all different aspects of who we are sort of more spiritually mm-hmm. um, and how, in that case, music was part of that. Mm-hmm. So I see uh, the opportunity for me to bring sort of my experience, whether it's to do with creativity, whether it's to do with self-worth around the whole music question, um, even issues like uh, men's roles and stuff like that are of great interest to me. Um, so I think there's a lot. I hope that I can contribute in the future as a, as a speaker. And of course, there'll probably be writing that goes along with some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see this, I think like you guys do with your careers, just it all kind of goes together. It all flows out of the yeah. learning we've all done. And I look at where Andrea's headed with all her you know, spiritual journeys and stuff, which is a direct offshoot of everything else she's ever done. And I feel the same way as well. So uh, I think there's a body of work that I, oh, I know there's body of work I want to put out to do with sort of the spiritual questions of my life and very much along the lines of where we've come to with our work together. Um, so I see that coming out shortly, but I also have been called to write lots of different things. I'm really somehow excited about writing this ballet and I've written a few tunes towards it. And uh, it's so, incredible. <laughs> well, yeah, so I just got to find a home, and but I'm taking my time. And uh, uh, I've written a couple of really big scale works in the past. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm kind of excited to do that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to maybe write some stuff for orchestra or chamber orchestras, what, whatever, all sorts, you know, so I'm being, I'm very excited creatively, creatively right now, mm-hmm. um, to do stuff, so I've got all sorts of ideas floating around, um, but as far as the kind of music we've been talking about here, I, it's about time I get off my butt and get that album out, um, that's been sitting there for a while, and, um, so I'm really hoping I'm going to get you guys involved in some of that as well, so that's... Amen to that, brother. Yeah. yeah. So... So on that front, uh, let's talk about L'Espoir, which is the song that we will that we have inc- that will be included underneath this interview for people yeah. to get a sense of you. Yeah. Well, let me that. just say how much fun I've had playing this song with you guys. So I, that this is actually in my mind a bit of a demo because I, for me the final version I hope has your voices on it. Uh, <laughs> if not, right. you're playing as well, uh, Nathan. So, um, so to me the song came came out L'Espoir in French is hope. Um, so it's a message of hope. Um, based on the fact that uh, I think, you know, especially the year we've just gone through, mm. you could easily believe that the world is falling apart. Mm. You could easily believe all the negative stuff that's floating at us and, and coming at us from all different, you know, from social media, from television, from whatever, the newspaper, whatever. Mm. Uh, so it's hard not to get caught up in that. Um, so it's kind of a, a call to remember uh, that it's a time of change. That I, I believe that a lot of these things that are coming at us right now are upheaval that has to happen anyway mm-hmm. for us to move forward. Um, so when looked at in that light, it can be a positive thing. It can be a hopeful thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to remind myself to be hopeful. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's about all i got to say about that song. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's on the album that we are going to encourage him to release this year. That's right. Indeed we are. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, and I look forward to uh, to reading both of your books. I haven't read the first one yet, but I I'm trying to find the note here. You there's a cute little uh, note that I have somewhere that something about you've released the book and and you're hoping now that, you know, Andrea will We'll read it, or we'll, we'll be able to. What was what's the line? Do you remember? It's like Bob's book of theory. He's hoping Andrea will actually learn something. Actually, right. learn it. There yeah. you go. That's what she it was. has picked up. She has bought a ukulele. <laughs> yes. And she has learned a few chords. Yes. So you got to give her that. Yes, I That's do true. know that, and I've, I've witnessed the same. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So Andrea, uh, Robert was talking a little bit about uh, you know your spiritual direction. So uh, you know I, I certainly know about that, and you know the grandmothers and whatever. So just let's talk about that. Let's tell people about that. Well, um, <clears throat> that's a very uh, bold question. I mean, just not bold, but just wide question. Mm-hmm. So my spiritual journey, I guess you could say, is just when I was young and early on in my career, I gave over my work. I gave over my voice. I gave over my career to the grandmothers. And as a Métis woman, I have a very strong connection to my spiritual ancestors, to my to my helpers on the other side. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I've found a, a loving name for them. <laughs> 
because my Cree name that I was bestowed upon, a spirit name, is Notuwoyutin, which means Grandmother Wind. And it didn't occur to me, you know, four years I was given this name, but I didn't really understand what it meant or who I was or why that name was given to me. Um, it took four years to realize, oh, me and the grandmothers, oh, I get it. I am a grandmother. <laughs> so I realized that that's what the affinity was with these old ones. Um, and so I have a very strong relationship, meaning songs are given to me from the grandmothers. <laughs> and um, and because sometimes I don't know what shape they're they're going to be in, I've had helpers like Robert bring them through, you know. But um, so my spiritual vision is very much because I'm a Métis person, because I'm someone of mixed blood ancestry. I care very deeply about bringing communities together because I've seen such separation. I've seen such harm um, done by that feeling of of uh, disconnection, and that how, at how very real it seems you know the the well the, the the disconnection between people seems so real but when you raise it a little higher from to the grandmother's perspective you recognize that we're a human family and we have much much beauty to create together and that we don't have to be the same because god knows i would you know my mate community doesn't need to be like exactly like the mainstream what we have in our culture is precious and beautiful and needs to be honored but it doesn't mean that we're so different that we can't love each other so that's my main my main reason behind everything I do is unifying peoples is raising um, the ability to love and so my music and my writing and my and hopefully everything that comes from my spirit because I gave it over I said I'm not writing anything unless it matters hmm. so when I gave it over early I've yeah, you don't mess with the grandmothers. They mean it. <laughs> when you hand over your career and you're, you know, you really do hand it over. So I've been blessed throughout my career to be given parts in acting and theater and film and television and and to be given co-writers that truly allow that message to go forward. Beautiful. So Four Directions Prayer, tell us specifically about that one. So Four Directions Prayer came to me every time I would be in a sacred space. I would be in a sweat lodge and it would come to me. And the moment I left that sweat lodge, it would leave. Ah, what was that song again? And then I'd be in a swimming pool by myself, but in a very meditative state, praying, and that song I'd start singing. And I'd sing it the whole way through, and then I would leave that sacred space and it would be gone, or in a forest, or any of those places. Hmm. And it and it would always return. I just couldn't pull it back because I couldn't remember it. And I, I was never in a place where I could take myself singing it. And then as we were about to record Lift, which in, I guess from the grandmother's point of view, it was a sacred creation because it, it really truly was something that we wanted to be, um, to be harmonious. We wanted to create positivity. And so when we were in the actual space recording, I just said, I think there's a song missing, you know, there's this song that I can never remember though, oh my gosh, it's coming, and I had the song just came flowing out of me, and Robert was there with his guitar, and went, we got it, and I'm like, tape this, tape this, tape this, <laughs> so it came back while we were in the space, and I do you thought, remember, do you remember that we had that space created for us? Do you remember yeah. we, we were supposed to be doing something else? I can't remember what it was, but we're supposed to be recording, or, or but or Don couldn't make it. There was a block of time. Oh, remember that was sort of handed to us. It was totally unpredicted, and that's when it came. And we had a chance to sit in that old farmhouse and just let it come. That's and we spent a couple hours just getting it down, and yeah. and we were in rural Manitoba. It was beautiful. So it, like, was it was so really silent, special. Yeah. So again, sacred yeah. space, right? We are creating yeah. music. To bring love and harmony to all the peoples of the planet, and this song came. So that's um, it's a prayer to the four directions. It's a prayer um, honoring sacred space and greeting to the four sacred directions. Wonderful. So there you have it, folks. Uh, four songs. Sing a new song. I love my life. 
L'Espoir and Four Directions, all of which are available right underneath this uh, interview on the For the Love of Music webpage on Self-Discovery Radio. I have been speaking today to the lovely and talented Robert Walsh, fooled you, <laughs> and it. Andrew Menard, and uh, Andrew now based in Vancouver, Robert now based in Edmonton. Um, so uh, again, before we came on today, asking you guys what's next, it seems like, you know, uh, Andrea, you, you sent me a wonderful uh, one, well, soul siblings, I think is the phrase that I keep coming back to, how the two of you are just really uh, bounce wonderful energy off of each other and really stimulate each other in, in a wonderful creative way. And so it sounds to me like what's going on back and forth now is songs and books that are wanting to be birthed. Can you both speak about that a little bit? Well, Robert, you did a little bit, but maybe there's more for the both of you to say about that. Well, I, I think back to, um, I think it was around two years ago. Was it, Robert? Two years, maybe? Mm -hmm. Maybe a year and a half. We were driving on a long, one of those long trips that we love because we get to yeah, yeah. talk about everything we've been forgetting and, oh, yeah, this, and I've been meaning to talk about this, and what about that song? But during this talk, we realized that we were just at the beginning of writing the book, my, me writing a book and me writing these medicine message cards called Messages from the Patchwork Grandmothers. And Robert had demoed about five songs that were basically his music messenger album or his music, you know, with a positive message. And he hadn't released one of his own like that yet. And, and we thought, oh my gosh, why don't we really help each other, push each other that way, and then let's do a big launch of all of them. Where your books, my songs, your album, my books, let's do a big launch of, of us launching this new stuff to the world. And so, of course, that inspired both of us. And, and by the year's end, we'd sort of both created what we set out to create. I don't, I'm not done my book, but I'm done the messages from the Patchwork Grandmothers. So we're both at this almost finished stage and now we just need to launch it to the world. And the other thing that came up during that time was the Music Messenger Keynote Trio, was you know, which is what you're, you are a part of, uh, Nathan. And um, it's also a way that we discussed on that particular trip, Robert, was how we could incorporate all of our skills, all of the things that we want to share that sometimes in a concert you can't and sometimes just in a keynote you can't. Right. And we realized, what about doing a keynote, music messenger keynote trio where we have three people talking. It's like a TED Talk meets Folk Fest. So it's all of us talking and all of us speaking with our particular message, which is so unique to all of us. So that was born in that particular car ride. And when we get together on our car rides, magic happens. So I guess we need yeah. another one, Robert, to find out how. It's about going. time for a road trip. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, uh, for, for my benefit, uh, well, for maybe for the benefit of many other people, but speaking a little selfishly, either A, can you please, you know, record the entire trip? <laughs> or B, I'll, I'll just let me know when you're doing the, the car trip and then I'll just clear my schedule the week after and pull out a big yellow pad and take notes about all the things that have been determined for me during the trip. <laughs> Done. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but that would be such a dream for us to go and, and bring our little road show yep. to the world. Yep. I, I hope we're able to do that in the coming year or so, yep. you know? It was really a, a blast when we were able to do it the the one time, and every time we've been together to make music together, it's, I feel it's always been very magical, and mm -hmm. we all kind of get each other and love each other. So it's, there's got to be a way, right? Well, it, what I think of when you say that, Robert, is um, is the way uh, Rhonda reacted when she saw the three of us. Mm. You know, uh, just you know, Rhonda, of course, has known the two of you forever, and and to just see how she responded. Uh, with some expletives, I, I may say, <laughs> well, sure. uh, in in uh, in uh, gratitude and kind of amazement, I think, at just the way the three of us just naturally fit together. So yeah, I, I yeah, very much hope that too. It's not easy for someone to walk into this twenty-year-old relationship, and Nathan yeah. Aswell, you walked right in. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much, ma'am. That's right. Yeah. Well, yes to more of that. Cool. Okay, my lovelies. Is there anything that we didn't say? Is there anything that we need to say? That has not been said. Hmm. 
I guess that's a no. I like the, I like the way it's funny. You're you uh, for those who are just listening, and of course you're all just listening. I'm I'm getting a chance to see Robert and Andrea as they speak. But what I thought was interesting was the both of you unawarely looked towards each other on my screen. It's like somehow you're you're doing the Vulcan mind meld even when you're not in the same place. It's it's. Well, here's the thing I want to say. I want to see Andrea's book, uh, or play, sorry, that she co-wrote with Paula Costain, Come to Life. Screenplay. Screenplay, The Women in Me, which you haven't talked about, but I think you should at some point or place or whatever. I'm I'm excited to see that come to life. And um, there was some talk about cards for the grandmothers. Yeah. My messages from the Patchwork Grandmothers, they are a deck of message cards or oracle cards that are co-created with a beautiful artist, a Métis artist. She's my Métis sister, I call her, Leah Dorian. They're stunning. They're stunning. I am so blessed to have her work on the cards of my messages or the grandmother's messages. And those are are to help, um, um, help people on their journey, right? On their journey, remembering nature-based wisdom and simple wisdom that we forget, but that's very nature-based and earth-based and simple uh, simplicity. We're remembering the simple things of life to live a better life. Mm-hmm. And and Robert, I guess if you're going to toot um, my women in me, well then we really want to be seeing his ballet. This boy has big ideas. Hold it, eh? Before we go to his ballet, eh? Yeah. Let's talk eh? more about your play. My screenplay. Screen well, play. it's a yeah. mini series. Okay. Mini series destined for Netflix, I think. Cool. <laughs> it is about the awakening human, and it was written ten years ago. And and Paula and I are re- are just have just discussed that it's like the the world has caught up to our idea. If you've mm. seen some things on on Netflix recently, it's about there's a lot of awakening human messages. So this is about, um, it, in a way, you could call it a love letter to all of the women to the sacred feminine, to all the women who were murdered because of the witch hunts and pre-witch hunts. Hmm. So all of that ancient wisdom that the feminine held, the midwives and the healers and the, all of, on, on, on different lands, and then the indigenous wisdom here on this land, the, on Turtle Island. So it, it's like that earth-based teachings, the wisdom that is still in our blood. It's a love letter to those and an awakening um, of that on the planet because it's needed because we've gone as far as we can in the other you know and we thank the the masculine energy for taking this this far but now we need to balance with the loving and the caring of the feminine and this this um, mini series is about a um, a group of women who wake up on the same day to a voice waking them from dreams saying wake up the time is now and all of these women wake up out on the same day that an ancient book is found, and they all have dreams, visions, nightmares, flashes of a different time, and it's like their own blood memory reminding them of who they are and what they're here to bring forth today in today's world. Wow. But it's a metaphysical mystery, so it's also got wow. lots of, woohoo, what's happening next? <laughs> I look forward to seeing it on Netflix. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks. Nice. And Robert, what do you want to say about uh, about the ballet? Um, it's been something on my mind for about ten years now. Hmm. I think actually, what triggered? Well, anyway, we'll go into the backstory. But I, I would love to see this come to life. I don't know what. For some reason, there's this vision I have of movement for some work I, I want to do. And it won't. Some of it will be song related, and some of it will be just music stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote the theme for it, like the prelude, if you will, years ago, and it's, it's called um, So Here We Are, or So Here You Are. So it raises the question, what's this all about? What, what happens now? How do I make sense of this, and who are we, and all that? So it's kind of the big question right off the top. Um, since then, I've written a number of songs I think could work well in it. Um, I'm kind of interested in the one that just came out uh, about a week ago called um, I'm Going to Find a Way to Love You. And the, the point of this song is I've struggled, like so many other people, so much over this last year with vehement disagreement over the way other people see the world. Um, I think of the Trump camp and, and what I think of the potential harm that he's going to 
or could do to our planet and stuff and how viscerally I'm opposed to that you know and and saddened at times to see where I think the world is headed um, but I know in a, in a larger macro scale it could all be illusion and it could all be for the better anyway it just could you know mm -hmm. so trying to remember that if I can find a way to love those people that's the key so and one of the lines that is you know if I can't love you then I can't love me so that's the job right trying to love every damn part of us and uh, so that's what I'd like to that's part of this message that I want to bring out uh, through this ballet and I, I find I'm kind of although I'm the, the worst answer in the world <laughs> like don't ask me <laughs> to uh, it's embarrassing anyway uh, musicians are often crappy dancers I don't know if anyway I'm one I'm in that camp but I love movement I love seeing it and I uh, uh, I think seeing live ballet is just one of the most uh, captivating things. Yeah. So I would love to, like modern ballet, I'd love to see some modern movement put to some of these musical ideas and sort of spiritual ideas I have. Oh, I, and if 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 that this new song is anything like that first one, oh, chills, Nathan. Wait till you see it and hear it. It's just spectacular. I can't wait. Sounds yeah. delicious. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been my great honor to share two of my closest musical buddies with you this last hour. Andrea Menard, now based in Vancouver. Robert Walsh, now based in Edmonton. Uh, individually and collectively, just forces of love. Incredible beings, both on and off stage. They, they live and perform and move with, with grace and joy and beauty, and it's my great pleasure to have them in my life. All the information about them will be on the site underneath this interview, the songs, the, the, uh, the eight-page bio, <laughs> <laughs> all you wanted to know about them, and less. Um, anyway, yeah, please do visit their websites, andrewmenard.com and robertwalsh.ca to learn more about them individually and collectively. And uh, God willing, you'll get a chance to see and hear them along with me yeah. in the very near future. Thank you both very much. Thank you, Nathan. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, whether you're listening in real time, whether you're listening somewhere down the road, whether you're listening in Canada or somewhere else around the world. Love and blessings to you on your journey. Bye. Bye. Yay.